You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we go, Sherry. One, two, three. Let Sherry baby rock your soul. She's gonna help you break the mold. She's super magic, truth be told. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Got lots and lots of musical glow. Spirituality, conviviality, sexuality. Quality time on the air. Quality time on the air. Quality time on the air. With Sherry. Cause and effect. Welcome to Cause and Effect on the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm really happy to be here. And Sherry, pass me the mic. Um, my name is Jamie Gamanes. I am a senior acting major at Millican University. I'm also the racial ethnic diversity branch leader of our organization called CARE. And what CARE is, is this really awesome, amazing, wonderful organization where we try to cultivate a safe, Um, educational environment where we learn about um, different ethnicities, cultures. Um, We educate ourselves on mental health. Um, We also had, what's the other branch I'm forgetting? It's about like, oh, the autism. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, uh, DNA branch. Yes. And that's really important as well. Just because we need to open up our lenses of the world because there's no just like one kind of person out there. And I just, I've really loved being a part of this organization um, because it's helped me become a better person and helped me become a better leader and try to become more active in creating change and starting those difficult conversations. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. And here with me today is Nicole Calvento. Um, Nicole, if you would like to speak a little bit about yourself, go ahead, girlfriend. Hi, thanks, Jamie. (laughs) Thanks for that introduction. And yes, my name is Nicole Calvento, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist from California. And yes, it's great to be here, to be invited and to speak to you. To well, you. Thank you for mm-hmm. being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation. So um, if you don't mind, uh, can you speak a little bit about um, the history of how you were raised? What was your childhood like growing up and how that affects you today? Yes. So basically, I'm 
I'm immigrant um, here in the United States. So I came from the Philippines and I moved here in the U.S. when I was 11 years old. Um, just following my my dad, you know, my dad is an animator, so she, he oh. went ahead and brought us here in the in the country. That's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely quite an experience because it's a culture shock for myself, yeah. you know, having a difference in just like the different approaches, whether like just in school, for example, mm-hmm. when I was in the Philippines, it's definitely much more stricter. And then I came here in the United States it seemed to be like much more open and people are always outgoing. And here I was like little meek me, <laughs> shy and uncomfortable and awkward. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a difference in terms of, you know, just the students and the people in here. And I remember even going into my classroom in fifth grade, like being called on in class. And here I was standing up, like when the teachers called me out, like I stood up because to me, like that's in the Philippines, in the culture, culturally, like, you know, out of respect, right? Mm -hmm. We stand up and we answer the questions of the teachers, but in the United States, that's not exactly something that's normal. (laughs) Instead, I was looked at, it's like, why are you standing up? Like, you know, that's kind of weird, but Definitely for myself, it was a transition and a lot of things that was I had to get used to. But, yeah. you know, it's it was a process. Definitely. So My um, parents are actually immigrants as well. And I just know about like how difficult it was to come over here. And then like once you were here, like having to deal with all those changes and differences and people looking at you funny because you do things differently so yeah it it takes a lot definitely yeah and I remember just moving to the United States I felt like okay it wouldn't be that bad we speak to I know how to speak English because in the Mm -hmm. Philippines that's one of the main things that we were taught growing up in our classrooms we had to speak English we had English classes So moving into the United States, I was thinking like, okay, at least in the language, um, there wouldn't be a barrier. But Mm -hmm. then, of course, it's different once you're actually in the culture itself. It's not just the language. It's also like the different approaches, the perception, um, even the way that, you know, the parenting, because I was definitely raised differently than, you know, all my classmates fellow classmates definitely that's something that I can relate with being Filipino American I have this like weird tango of the different morals on both ends like for example my parents were a lot more strict and I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers um that wasn't a thing that I had to um, experience as a kid but then all my friends were like socializing having fun but because of the kind of strict atmosphere of my Filipino home that was something that I kind of just sat in the middle of so it 
Yeah. It was a bit of a, a difficulty. Like, okay, like I want to enjoy too, but then I also wanted to, you know, listen to my parents. I know that they just know what's best for me. Yeah. Right. That's why they don't want me to get involved in some of the things that all these other things are, all these other kids are doing. So, yeah, definitely. And then I just, I remember being in sixth grade, you know, your body's changing, you want to shave, you want to do like all those like grown up um, self care things. But my mom was like, no, no shaving. And because that just like wasn't something that she did in the Philippines. So she didn't know how to like approach it or like makeup. So it, it's a journey, you know, trying to find your way and navigate. Yeah. And, you know, like, and when we were young, at least for myself, I had a difficulty like understanding what my parents were trying to, you know, like do for me. And what they meant by that, like, of course, in, as a teenager, it's like, why are you questioning what I want to do for myself? Like, I want to explore. I want to do what all these other kids are doing. Yeah. But, you know, as an adult now and having a better understanding of them and, you know, going through mental health and psychology itself, like yeah. I had a better understanding of where they're coming from. And what their experiences are that Definitely. impacted the way that they perceive things and why they even stopped me from doing some of the things that other kids are doing here in the United States. Yeah. And um, can you go a little bit more in depth about mental health in the Asian community? Because I know that's something that is kind of stigmatized. Um, yeah within you know the community mm -hmm. yeah so you know from my, what I've noticed like just in terms of Filipinos reaching out to you know professionals itself there really is a difficulty because growing up for example for me like I just wanted to give an example like when it comes to having difficult situations right strifes within you know my solve problems it's easy for my mom to just say like oh you're gonna be okay and there's this saying called na." <laughs> so basically have you ever heard of that um jamie na." <laughs> i've heard it said but no one told me what it meant but i kind of just like interpreted it as like you'll be fine pray about it lean on jesus Yes. So like pray about it. Right. So yeah. that's pretty much, at least from my understanding, I mean, speaking personally from my family of origin, like Bahalana or turning to faith is something that we're so used to um, yes. instead of asking for help itself, because for us, like faith is definitely a big thing for us being a mm -hmm. country of, you know, Catholic Catholicism is something that's a part of our culture. Yes. So we rely on religion to kind of help us through the difficult times. Um, but there's not necessarily a problem with that. But there's also the component of sometimes we also, it's also important to address, you know, the mental health and 
the person and how they're going through, like pretty much the process within us, right? Like internally what's going on. We cannot just depend on like having faith all of the time. Sometimes it's good to have an understanding. Right. And sometimes you need that uh, professional to maybe if you need medicine, like maybe there's a chemical imbalance. I personally speaking, when I had a depressive moment in my life, when my dad passed away when I was young, that was like a whole thing that I didn't know how to conquer or battle. And you can pray. And I believe in faith and I I believe to be Christian and everything, but I do believe that God puts people on earth to help you as well. God, you know, sends us blessings, sends us help, sends us these resources so that you can be better, be happier. And so also just being in today's world, it's kind of hard to rely completely on something that's not tangible And that's just a human thing. Sometimes we just need that physical proof or, you know, what's the word? Like just, it needs to be there now so that it can be there for you in that moment. Because faith is a journey and it's a lovely journey, but it's maybe sometimes you'll find yourself not ready to take on that journey. So you might need a crutch and, and that's okay. You need to talk to someone. You need the medicine. And that's fine. Yeah, most definitely. It's okay to be able to seek help. And, you know, sometimes, too, what's a good thing about, you know, seeking professional help is, again, one of the things that us Filipinos rely on is our family. We're such a collectivistic yes. culture. And we rely on our family. We feel like a lot of times we can talk to them. But there are definitely some things that, you know, it's hard to just share with our own families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good to be able to come to somebody else and work through their problems and not have that shame of bringing up what's going on inside of you. Definitely. Like, when I was in my angsty teenager phase, I was mad at my mom and she wanted me to talk to her. But how can I be talking to you when I'm mad at you? And then in my family, at least, sometimes um, parental figures kind of flip on you. And then they kind of, um, how do I want to say it? Like, They kind of make you feel guilty is what I'm trying to get at. And that is not what you want to feel. You want to learn how to express your feelings healthily and work through them. You don't want to feel like what you're feeling is wrong. But that that's an issue you run into when you rely on people who know you, who may have a biased view on the situation. So getting outside help is really important. Yeah. And it's funny you say that one of the things that came to my mind that I thought in, you know, growing up was a bit foreign was setting boundaries Mm. because, you know, again, going back to the Filipinos being, you know, so close knit, you know, with each other, being able to talk to each other and share a lot of things together. Sometimes 
the boundaries get fogged up. That an individual, like, you know, as an individual, as a teenager, for example, it's hard to tell your parents that, you know, I don't want to talk about this or I also want my space. Because if you say those kinds of things, it becomes, you know, you talking back to them. Mm, yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no understanding that we need to also find ourselves and have our, our individuality as well. So, as you know, as you all know, it's been a challenging time um, amongst the Asian community that all these hate crimes are coming to the surface as they are. And this isn't anything new, but because of everything surrounding it, it's becoming more prevalent, I guess, is how you could say it. Um, so can you speak on how that's been affecting you um, at the moment, whether that be in your workplace, you? Um, personal life if you feel okay to do so yeah most definitely um you know this year past year has definitely been hard for a lot of us I mean not only have we had the pandemic but different kinds of circumstances such as you know the Asian hate crimes that's been popping up like in the past month has definitely made a lot of us within the Asian community feel to feel unsafe. Like me, mm -hmm. myself, as an, a woman, you know, mm -hmm. being out there and, you know, just being scared of what might happen to me, especially after seeing all these, you know, news that's popping up in the media. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely had made me want to just stay indoors for the most part. Um, yeah. But... You know, it's not just myself, but a lot of the clients that I've been having come in. Um, one thing that I definitely have noticed within the past couple of months is that there has been an increase in Asians and Filipinos uh, reaching out for help, um, mm -hmm. That's good. which is great because, you know, like we're working through this difficult times and for this community to be able to actually step up and say like, okay, it's time. Yeah. I want to be able to talk about what I'm going through. Yes. And I want to be able to recognize that, you know, it's okay to seek professional help and share my experience mm -hmm. and share my anxieties. Um, it's been great that there has been definitely an increase um, within the community just in the last couple of months like I definitely have had um, more Filipino Americans reach out to me mm -hmm. um, and I've started therapy with them and a lot of the commonality of the reason why they've been reaching out is definitely the, the fear um, that yeah. they're having because of what's being exposed through the media definitely. so mm -hmm. For me personally, it's kind of sent me into a sort of shock, but sort of numb feeling at the same time. Um, I used to be someone who always assumed the best in the world, people, but this past year, these past few months, 
have definitely like slapped me in the face and said that's not reality and it hurts because you want to believe that there's good out there but I am scared and very much hurt because I just don't understand how looking different can affect your worth as a human being and it shouldn't but the actions of the world say that it does like and it it's very frustrating as well because in the industry that I'm wanting to go into it's already hard um it's hard finding roles and seeking representation and everything but now to add that extra layer of will I be safe on my way to this audition? Um, what hours can I go out now? Um, it, it's hard. And walking to campus, I go to school at Millican University. It's a very small school. You can get to any place on campus within like five to 10 minutes. But I am still so scared that I feel the need to have someone on the phone with me at all times. And that's, it's just not fair. I don't know how else to say it, but it's not fair. And the fact that there is also no Asian support organization on campus is also not fair. So it feels like I'm constantly fighting this battle on my own. Um, It's just such a frustrating time because also on top of that, you... Well, I don't want to speak for everyone in the Asian community, but for me personally, I'm also experiencing this feeling of being suppressed and muffled and silenced because I don't want to distract from the Black Lives Matter movement because I believe that that's very important. But also, how do you acknowledge your own feelings as another minority group? I don't know if you want to speak on that. Yeah, and, you know, also one thing that I wanted to share is, like, again, going back to being a Filipino, right? Within the Asian community, we're definitely one of, you know, the cultures that are more muffled in terms of, like, being able to speak up. So we have, of course, Chinese, the Korean community. Um, They're much more, you know, confident in addressing these kinds of things. But when it comes to Filipinos, there's a little bit of a confusion and kind of a thought of, should we even speak up? Or, Yeah. yeah, like you said, like the suppression, right? Because we don't know how to express ourselves. And I feel like a lot of times we're still learning to express ourselves. Like I myself found it difficult to finally find my voice. Um, It took me years to get here. Mm. Because, you know, this is something that I wanted to talk about. That maybe, um, you know, we wanted to jump into into there but like colonial mentality is something that's yes um definitely something that happened and something that is part of us 
I mean, I don't want to generalize um, within the culture, but it's something that has impacted us as can a country. You, can you speak on that? Um, even just breaking down your the language that you're using and what it means to you and how you feel like you've been personally affected. It's quite wonderful. I mean, it's not wonderful, but how you're, how you're phrasing it is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so when I say colonial mentality, what that means is that, you know, the Philippines has been colonized by, you know, Spain and the United States. And I believe yeah. even Japan for a few years. Mm-hmm. So, being under those colonizers for years and years, hundreds of years, um, we've gone to adapt their own values, their own culture. So yeah. when it comes to, for example, being Catholic, that what came from Spain. And then earlier on when we were talking about English being something that's taught within the classroom setting, right? Mm-hmm. That's because we were colonized by, you know, the United, by America. So having so much cultures being thrown at us, it's almost as if us as a country had become to have a confusion of what our identity is. Definitely. And to my understanding, before being colonized, the Philippines had their own, like, everything. They had their own, like alphabetical system religion like they were established but because of being colonized it was wiped away and i don't know now that i'm thinking about it i feel like this oppression still is haunting us in a very like it's it's haunting because it's still sticking because we have been affected mentally, like generations have been affected mentally thinking, okay, yeah, this is normal. This is our normal. This is our culture because that's all they've known for so long, which is very sad because as I like see these little TikToks about Filipino culture, like it's beautiful and so empowering. Like, I don't know if this is accurate, so don't quote me on it, but like women, women had a, powerful presence in the Filipino culture and that's so empowering because back then women weren't seen as significant as men but like the Philippines was already on that but yes then prior being to calm, the colonization yeah mm-hmm. so, so yeah most definitely and you know, so with this confusion that we came to have in terms of our own identity, you know, going back to what you were sharing earlier on, it becomes a bit difficult for us sometimes to be able to speak up yes. because we don't know, like, how to even start these conversations when we ourselves are sometimes trying to figure out what our own you know, values are and what we believe in. Definitely. So I am a senior acting major at Millican University and it's hard. It really is challenging because for some reason, I don't know why, but I'll have these moments where I'm in a classroom and I'm listening to the lecture, I'm learning what I'm learning. But then I stop and I look around the room 
and I feel so empty and lonely because I'm the only one like me in this classroom. But then I also go on to like walk down the hall and I'm like, I know there are some Asians on campus, but they're not walking around where I'm walking around. And so it's very isolating. Um, And then that brings on like this sort of insecurity about going into this industry because then I I go home, I relax and I I turn on Netflix and and what, what do I watch? A lot of Caucasian actors, not a lot of Asian, specifically Filipina actors. And it's very, it's hard. I like, I know that they're out there, but not seeing them makes it, I start to lose some motivation, but I always keep in the back of my mind that I have to keep going because I need to do it for the next girl who's like me. Um, but just like to talk a little bit more about how I'm viewing the industry um, in regards to its representation of like the Asian community. I think we are trying and I appreciate the effort, but it's still not enough because for example, Disney, how many characters do you have that are Caucasian? A lot of them. And then how many are of the BIPOC community? I can only count them on my hand. My one little itty bitty baby hand. And it's, it's very frustrating because not only aren't, are there like not a lot of them, but among the characters that do get represented, It's very select. For the longest time, my little Asian baby self was relying on Disney Princess Mulan to feel seen. And that was very frustrating because Mulan is Chinese, not Filipino. And then then Raya came out and she represents like Southeast Asia, which is great. But the thing with Disney or like any animation who tries to represent the BIPOC community, it's very one-dimensional. You don't get to see all aspects. It's all generalized. And it's just, I'm a three-dimensional person, (laughs) especially being Filipino-American. I am mixed with all the cultures that make up a Filipino, but then having to do the tango, of being American at the same time. So I don't know how I'm going to do in this industry, but I'm determined to figure it out. But it's it breaks my heart a little bit because I know that my friends who are in my program who are, you know, they have that white privilege. They, they can fit in with this character and that character. It's not going to be easy for them, but it's going to be easier than me. And that's why I never give up, Jamie. We are represent, (laughs) you know, represents Filipino community. (laughs) And then um, there's not a lot of Filipino or Asian therapists. So would you like to go into your journey of um, how you found yourself in 
your career? Yeah, most definitely. I can definitely relate to what you just shared early right now, um, Jamie, because when I was in grad school in my cohort, I was the only um, Filipino and I guess even Asian. Um, therefore, there was a lot of doubts. There was a lot of inferiority. Am I going to get through this? Should I even continue um, in this process? So there was a lot of those questions that was going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, doing research, there really isn't a lot of representation when it comes to Filipino therapists. Um, and that in itself became like a motivation for me because if I was going to seek a therapist for myself, I would want to be able to talk to somebody who understands my culture and understands me because there's differences. Like we've been sharing already, there's differences in the way that, you know, the American culture, the Western culture, sees things right or Mm perceive things we're talking about like the stricter rules or the mindset of like (laughs) (laughs) if I mention that to a therapist like will they be under able to understand what that means for me or even the amount of importance family plays for me As an individual, because we're such a collectivistic, um, you know, um, culture that our, our family really impacts the way that we grow and we develop as an individual. And we're in a culture right now where being an individual, being individualistic is important, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so there's definitely a difference in terms of that's perceived, how that's perceived. And can a therapist that's not within my culture understand the fact that my family will have opinions. My family will always be there. To them, it might be seen as codependency, but that's not really what it is. Right, Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so hence, by thinking about that, I being in, you know, in this journey, it's definitely difficult because you have to fight for it. You you have a lot of doubts. You have to fight yourself, but you also recognize that it's important to do this and it's important to be that person, like you said, be a representative within the community and help mm-hmm. out, you know, other Filipinos out there and for yourself, be a representation Within, you know, the industry as a Filipino, you know, performer, entertainer. And that's amazing. And thank you for... No, it's okay. I actually have a question to ask, which is, as a person who's a therapist, during this time, so your job is actually to be there for other people's trauma and to other people's circumstances, but you're also being traumatized in the moment. And, you know, same thing for Jamie, you have to be vulnerable and emotional and you have to be uh, available, a great scene partner. And you have to learn, you've been in school, so you've had to learn full time. You've had to be a good daughter and a good friend, right? So all of these things, 
And then, you know, to your family, Nicole, you've had to be somebody who could, you know, take, be sturdy. How have you both taken care of your mental health during the pandemic? What have you both found this work sometimes? And maybe it's like, I just don't do anything. I turn my phone off. I'll watch TV. I eat whatever I want, you know, what, but what has it been? What have you found has been good for you or helpful for you during this time? Even if it's just indulging in something that feels good. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, for myself, in terms of in the past year within the pandemic, um, family, for one, really plays a part of helping me, I guess, you know, maintain my mental health and just knowing that I can turn to them, talk to them. Um, you know, my partner's also here to, you know, be of company to me, make me laugh <laughs> all the time with his jokes. Um, but besides that, um, I, I actually just being able to talk to my clients in itself and you know, hearing them and being able to help them out truly has been something that's also grounding for me because realizing that, you know, these people are going through so much and being able to be there to listen and to let them know that it's okay not to be okay. Yes. Yeah. And even... Because for me, it's not, I'm not just a therapist. I feel like the more that I listen to my clients, I too, I'm learning from them, mm-hmm. you know? So being able to relate and connect is very healing in itself. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. As for me personally, I've... I'm finding what works for me. It's been hard because I've been in such a go, go, go pattern for like the majority of the trauma. Um, I remember having to do my monologue work with my CA and they basically said, I'm sorry, but you got to do it. And I'm like, I'm literally about to cry and I have to do a comedic monologue can you like be patient with me and they're like it's your grade and I'm like okay fine but what I'm finding that works for me is I like painting my nails and doing (laughs) facials and watching funny videos um, I started watching Kim's Convenience on Netflix, which is... Like, I watched that recently, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good. It. And, <laughs> like, even though they're Korean, like, I understand what's happening because they're, like, trying to fit, like, American culture. And it's so funny. Um, and then I also rely on my partner as well for the funnies and everything. So, yeah. Well... Uh, thank you so much, Nicole, for being wonderful and amazing and for having such a great conversation with me here today. And thank you, Patrick, the Broadway Podcast Network. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on Cause and Effect. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. And thank you, everybody. Again, thank thanks you. for Cause and Effect. Mm-hmm.
Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, Nicole. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Sherry Sanders. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause and Effect. Cause and Effect is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and music by Courtney Bassett and Andrew Swackhammer of Starbird and the Phoenix. Special thanks to Stephen Farazee. Thank you. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream. You should also follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Rock the Audition. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm backslash cause and effect. Peace. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.